In today's episode, we recap the results of the NFL division round of the playoffs. We also look at the embarrassing antics of former NFL tight end and Fox Sports host Shannon Sharp. And does the Los Angeles Rams want to take your guns? This and much, much more. It's time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda, the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically, nothing is out of bounds, and every subject is fair game. Coming up, we react to the NFL Divisional Playoff Round, and is Tom Brady turning bad boy? But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Time to get off the sideline and into the game. Welcome, everybody, to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here on the show, on the show, the podcast, on the pod, as the kid, as the kiddies would say it. <laughs> we got a lot coming up on this show. Uh, we're going to talk uh, about old Shannon Sharp, old Unc, Uncle Shay Shay. Is that right? Is that is that what the the, the, the kids <laughs> Grandpa call Grandpa Shay Shay, Grandpa Shay Shay, Nana Shay Shay. Uh, according <laughs> to that uh, that sweater or jacket or, or cardigan. But thanks for noticing <laughs> nice uh, that he was wearing sweater. <laughs> Somebody said on Twitter, like, it looked like you were wearing a, a blind Nana's uh, blanket. <laughs> that she crocheted herself. Um, yeah, going to talk about uh, his antics. Um, uh, the the uh, predictable blowback on old Tony Dungy, who participated in the March of Life. We mentioned that our previous show. Uh, in the wake of uh, the unfortunate uh, Monterey Park shooting, Rams, of course, are, are promoting a far-left gun control. And um, Tom Brady, he uh, he kind of went off the rail, the, the rails. So we'll we'll get to that and we'll we'll play that clip. But uh, uh, of course, we're we're going to uh, end the show um, with uh, the the NFL playoffs and our reaction about those games this weekend. Um, but uh, you know, ain't, ain't nothing to it but to do it. Uh, might as well uh, get into it. Um, uh, Tony Dungy, you know, he like I mentioned, he, he drew a predictable blowback after attending and speaking at the uh, March of Life event in dc and i really appreciated what he had to say so um i mean of course tony dungy is you know a man of integrity and i wanted to uh play the clip of uh real quick of of of, uh just an excerpt of what he had to say well those prayers were answered demar's recovering now he's home he's been released from the hospital but what's the lesson in that You know, an unbelievable thing happened that night, a professional football game with millions of dollars of ticket money and advertising money on the line. That game was canceled. Why? Because a life was at stake. And people wanted to see that life saved. Even people who aren't necessarily religious got together and called on God. Well, that should be encouraging to us because that's exactly why we're here today. Because every day in this country, innocent lives are at stake. And the only difference is they don't belong to a famous athlete and they're not seen on national TV. But those lives are still important to God and in God's eyes. There you go. Uh, those lives are definitely important to God and in God's eyes. And isn't it ironic that those that advocate for the right to choose, like they lose their mind when people choose 
to stand up for life, <laughs> right? Like it seems like there is only one choice when it comes to pro-choice, and that, of course, seemingly is death. Uh, but uh, Tony Dungy seems to understand this, and he, uh, he, he stands on his principles, his, his biblical principles, and advocates for life. Uh, and, and, and that's just a, a refreshing thing to see. Um, uh, oh, by the way, did you guys see um, uh, the uh, Los Angeles Angels, the the uh, the Moreno family? They, they announced that uh, they're ending the explore, exploratory process uh, uh, to sell the team and uh, will continue ownership throughout the uh, 2023 season and beyond. Uh, did you guys see that by chance? And, and what are your thoughts? I, I did. That, I was kind of like, oh man, that's kind of a bit of a bummer uh, if you're <laughs> if you're an Angels fan because I thought that that's kind of what that uh, franchise needed was uh, to move on from ownership. Uh, but I, I guess he cited unfinished business for the reason uh, for for them to retain ownership um, and hold on to the Angels. What were your thoughts about that? Well, I mean, you stole the thoughts right out of my mind right there because I was going to say, if you're an Angels fan, are you happy about this? Because the last time you won the World Series, you guys were still owned by Disney, and literally the next year is when you were uh, bought by this guy, Artie Marino. And ever since then, it's been a big fat goose egg. Haven't got back to the World Series. I think you've made the playoffs like maybe once or twice. Uh, and Mike Trout, one of the best players we've ever seen in his entire career. I think he's been to the playoffs once and was out in the first round. Uh, so he's, yeah, he cited unfinished business, you know, that he wants to win a World Series. So, I mean, I guess good for him that he he's not going to just take the money and run. He does want to actually see his franchise be su successful. Um, and it's not for lack of uh, pain. I mean, he's paying a lot of money. Yeah, they're breaking right. records, uh, at least Angels records, with their uh, their payroll. Uh, the problem is the, they're paying three guys that at least two of them these last couple of years have been injury-plagued. Mike Trout a little bit. I mean, he, I think he missed actually like half the season two years ago. And Rendon, that one was a huge, huge uh, overpay because ever since they signed this guy, he's basically been hurt the entire time. Had a great playoff run with the Nationals when they won the World Series. And since then, he's been a complete dud. So, with that being said, they did sign, a, a, I think, Tyler Anderson, a decent pitcher. If they can stay healthy, you know, they should be a contending team. They were in first place last season for a month and a half. And then they got injury plagued and they just completely fell off a cliff. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, as an Angels fan, I guess you would like to see other owner owners uh, in there, but, you know, we'll see what happens because you can pay these guys, but if they're not out there playing, you know, what more can you really do? Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, hey, so I, I just wanted to, you know, trace back at least to Tony Dungy. I mean, I saw nothing wrong with that that statement and his speech. I thought it was pretty, it was pretty remarkable, but for some odd reason, he just got a lot of, you know, negative feedback and negative flack, um, which to me is just completely contradictory and hypocritical, but um, good for Tony Dungy. In regards to the Angels, yeah, I mean, Art Moreno, I mean, at least him purchasing it from the Disney, you know, from Walt Disney himself, I mean, I think that's a plus, right? I think Disney's, Disney ownership is too extensive. I think they control pretty much dang near everything seemingly, and so, you know, the Angels, you know, getting that away from Disney I think that's a huge plus in itself and for him to hang on um, I, I do know that uh, you know I think what the talks of like the uh, 
the Golden State Warriors owners, you know, potentially, you know, going in on this on on Angels and, you know, maybe potentially becoming an owner there, you know. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, uh, if he was going to sell it, it was probably going to go to someone as far as a competitor's nature's, you know, uh, aspect. And, you know, someone would be, you know, watching over this franchise and trying to put them in a, a better situation which they've been in and I honestly I agree with you Chris they have all the horses they have absolutely every single um, you know, person in, in place to to get them somewhere but they just fall short the injuries and and probably uh, some missing loops on a lot of different other positions that are still a little weak and uh, I'm, I'm kind of happy that he, he's kind of hanging in there at least in the moment so we'll, we'll have to see Really? I mean, you, you cited him taking it away from the Disney, but that was like, what, 12 yeah. years ago? How long ago was that? I mean, that was like uh, so 2003. long. 2003. Uh, and he hasn't since his ownership. I mean, did they, when did they win that uh, World Series? That was, uh, that was 2002. Pre, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was pre him, right? Yeah, um, so Disney owned them. They won the World Series yeah. 2002. They sold right after that to him in 2003. And he, but they, to, they haven't gone, haven't they even gone no. back to the playoffs since? Uh, I think they've been once, maybe yeah. twice. So he's he's dumped on this franchise, you know, for the last. So, I mean, to me, he's he's terrible. He's got to go. You know, if this, if in my opinion, if this franchise is to have a future, you know, it should be a future without the Moreno at the uh, yeah. helm. I think two major contracts that have screwed them has been the Albert Pujols contract. Absolutely. They paid him way too much for too long. He was already second back half of his career, and the Rendon contract has really killed him. But this is what I'm saying is, is that, that he likes to pay names. You can't yeah. win with names. You have to get a damn general manager in there with the worth, worth a grain of salt. But, I, you know, it, it may not even be on the general manager, right? Because I think this guy actually likes to pay names because he goes, okay, if I can have a um, Otani in there, I'm going to sell tickets. Like, he's, I don't think he's really concerned about winning. He just wants to get the name or two, Trout, Otani, that's enough, you know, have a mediocre squad that surrounds them. Um, and then he knows he's going to make his his uh, his nut because he's going to be able to sell the tickets. Uh, but to me, that's just a huge burden, a huge weight on a franchise who you know will will slowly you know uh, 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 you know drift off into irrelevancy if they haven't already. Especially in the city of L.A., you know, even though they're technically in Anaheim, you know, the Dodgers they 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 spend money, but they spend it also to win. And I know that you know there's it's maybe it's a little you know apple to oranges but uh god i just i'm it's just <laughs> i would want that guy gone like it was the best news for the angels in my opinion when he announced it oh i'm, I'm considering and then he totally box you know and says oh i'm uh, unfinished business unfinished business you never started business that's the problem <laughs> you've been destroying business <laughs> i will say though to kevin's point i am glad that disney doesn't own them just because oh, i mean absolutely. could you imagine the last 10 years all the crap dude no doubt jamming down your throat no they got what they needed they got their angels in the outfield uh, uh movie out of it and then uh they got uh uh, they got a World Series out of it. I mean, so they yeah. were doing something right. Uh, and then this guy comes in, and then they just pretty much nosedive. Um, so I don't know. Uh, if I was an Angels fan, I'd be I'd be pretty pissed off today with that with that news. Uh, why don't we just move on? Um, Tom Brady, he uh, snapped back at uh, sportscaster Jim Gray on the Let's Go podcast. 
when he was asked if uh, Brady had a sense of a timeline um, when he will make a decision about his uh, NFL future. What to do. Whoops, uh, here's Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, and you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay, I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's only I'm the scratching. question that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. <laughs> I appreciate your asking. Oh God, Brady comes. I mean, Brady again. He's coming across like the bitch. You know, it's like. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. What is this? Is this the uh, perhaps? This is the beginning of uh, Brady's new bad boy image. You know, that would be adequate and um, you know appropriate for say a franchise like the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> is he? <laughs> is he uh, uh, maybe broadcasting that uh, he is? But perhaps his decision has already been made, and he wants to have that silver and black bad boy image, and so he's like. Hey Jim, hey that's a that's a hell of a question for you to ask the the, the Braidster. <laughs> He's auditioning. <laughs> hey Raiders, I'm a bad boy. Even though the Raiders haven't been bad boys in a generation. <laughs> yeah, I mean Jim Gray has always been one of those those interview guys that. I think most guys hate him. In, Just the in, way he asked the question. Uh, fair enough, but, but in in Jim Gray's defense, that's a normal question. If you listen to the question, he's asking if he has a sense of a timeline when he's going to make the decision, not you know if he's made the decision or what right. his decision is. And Brady's like, you know, if I fucking knew, I would tell you. You know what I mean? Right. And then it's like, right. you, know, you know, what he should have said was like, no, I don't know, Jim. I mean, maybe sometime in July. <laughs> uh, you know, um, I don't know. I, I thought that uh, Brady's uh, uh, he, he's he's got a he's, he's got having a, short, a rough year. Yeah, he's had a rough year. He's got a short fuse, doesn't he? <laughs> he doesn't definitely. have much time left on that that QB <laughs> clock. So, yeah, De definitely a passive aggressive attempt. I mean, obviously he's saying I appreciate you asking. He doesn't appreciate him asking at all. He hated the question and it triggered him. To, you know, and so honestly, Tom Brady has no idea, and he's probably inching towards the retirement faster than we actually think and he doesn't want to do it because he obviously didn't do it last year and all the chaos that you know came from it yeah god just a year and already he's probably inching towards it and i, I don't know if he's going to be raider no, none of us really know but obviously he doesn't like this question it pisses him off what else are you going to ask him inching towards retirement kevin he's he's been uh, over the barrel of it for the last like three <laughs> yeah. years uh but uh it is it, it is funny though that it does seem that uh, his whole world has fallen well, he did apart get to the playoffs no 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 yeah. doubt but i mean i'm the man's like 40 something you know eight to 52 years old like he only can play for so many <laughs> years right uh so he's definitely closer to retirement than he than he's not we'll say that how about that but it it, it is funny that uh, you know, um, I don't know that if he knows. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if um, you know maybe uh, oh, yeah. the the wells dry dried up a little bit. I mean, some of these like you had Miami Dolphins say that they're going to go forward with two o two us. Excuse me. You know whether you believe them or not. That's that's a separate subject. You have uh, of course uh, the Las Vegas Raiders seem primed and ready for a, a, a new QB. Uh, you think Tom Brady would be that guy? Like I said, auditioning with this new bad boy image. Um, uh, you know, it's San Francisco. They're looking pretty with Purdy, you yeah, know, and, and Purdy. definitely not, uh, definitely not in any rush to get a new quarterback unless, unless the only way I could see that working if they were like Tom. Here's the deal: 
We've got Brock Purdy. We really like him. He's going to be our, he's the future of us. You can come in as a QB number two, <laughs> teach him everything, you know, uh, beyond San Francisco for the next six years and, and, and actually literally, you know, retire at 52, uh, as a 49er. What do you think? I, I just don't, you know, yeah. Tom's a competitor. I doubt he'd go for that. He <laughs> no. wants to be the guy. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of frustration in his life in the, in the sense that, uh, maybe, maybe the door's not knocking. Maybe the, the telephone's not ringing, uh, off the hook as much as, uh, well, Brady, uh, thought it would. Well, that's true because uh, I mean, you look at the game film this year. You know, he was not good. I mean, you could chalk it up to a lot of different factors, but when it came down to a quarterback making throws, a lot of the games I watched that he played, he was his arm just did not look the same. It, it, he looked like he lost a good amount of velocity. He missed a lot of throws he normally makes. So yeah, there's there's gonna be a reason. You know, these NFL scouts and these NFL coaches, you know, they saw all that stuff too. And uh, word gets around, and no one's really going to be diving for him, you know, head over heels like they would have a couple years ago. Yeah, well, the running game didn't help at all either. That was just a no shot. Old Tom Brady was running around the field with that wet noodle of an arm. Yep, <laughs> that floppy noodle. Yeah, they've got pills for that, Tom. You, you got to take that blue pill. <laughs> get you, get you back. <laughs> get some TRT. Get, get get you back on uh get you back to to, to where you used to be uh, um if your uh, arm is stiff for more than four hours uh seek medical attention <laughs> uh well let's move on um th- this is a little fun uh, uh wwe kicked off uh its 30th anniversary show of monday night raw uh with uh, hulk hogan and uh mouth from the south jimmy hart um and uh he was uh, definitely there, uh, Hogan. That is uh, playing to the uh, Philadelphia crowd with his opening, you know, message. What you gonna do when Hulkamania, 30 years of Monday Night Raw, and those Philadelphia Eagles run wild? Oh, the Eagles! What you gonna do, <laughs> brother? <laughs> the center of brother, Lila. 30 years, man. Um, actually, I never was really a big Monday Night Raw person. Uh, you know, I I don't know if any guys were i mean i should know this since we're related but uh you know never never really watched it that much but uh 30 years that makes me feel pretty old <laughs> yeah i mean I, I would have been a raw person but we just didn't have cable so we can never watch it that's true that's <laughs> we, true we watched smackdown because it was on free over the air tv uh but yeah would have watched a lot more raw if it was possible but you know eventually kind of grew out of it anyway Those, and this product now is just uh it's cringe <laughs> yeah, those times Hulk Hogan wasn't even on Raw. He was in WCW, <laughs> and it was called Nitro, and all this. Anyway, it's just uh, it's good to see. It's good to hear him, honestly, brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's just got to be a, just a terrible cross to bear. Where it's like you're Hulk Hogan, you're the Hulkster, you're Hulkamania. So you know the guy's got to be what ninety five, and he still has to have the pythons. You know he's still hitting them roids every day as much as possible, just to just to look physically relevant. That's just got to be a terrible thing. You can't age gracefully uh, no. when you're a, a pro wrestler like that. You you have to always have the 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 muscles and the biceps. And, and I mean, there's so many guys who've made careers like that. You've got, you know, uh, uh, Stallone and you've got uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and you right. know, actors like that. And of course, all the all the wrestling guys, it's like they, they, they just have to always be pumped. 
Right. <laughs> so that's probably why he had the big he had the big feather boa over him to uh, uh, you know maybe uh, you know cover his body a little bit too. <laughs> hey Brady, take some advice from these getting, guys. That's right. That's right. Get some pumped in those arms, and you can make some throws again. <laughs> again, seek the blue pill. All right. Well, uh, let's move on. The Los Angeles Rams uh, weren't part of the uh, playoffs, but still managed to irk fans with a tweet endorsing a left wing gun control group after the massacre in Monterey Park, California. It was a mass shooting. A suspect uh, uh, had been found dead after allegedly killing 10 people and wounding um, 10 others in a Saturday night attack. Um, If you are looking to support working to end gun violence like every town for gun safety, text, and it gives the number to join the millions of Americans fighting to end, to end gun violence in our country. That's what the uh, the, the official Rams um, Twitter account wrote. Every town for gun safety was founded by former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg, a 2020 Democrat presidential candidate. The group's website boasts about working with President Biden, mentioning his name 15 times on the about page alone. Uh, every town for gun safety also worked closely with former President Obama and a variety of other Democrat leaders. Every town for gun safety was called flat wrong by Washington Post in 2018 for inflating a tally of school shootings. Uh, supporters of the Second Amendment quickly scolded the Rams with uh, sordid responses, essentially urging the franchise to stick to sports. So uh, just want to get your guys' reaction. I mean, do we really need some Thousand Oaks Chardonnay drinking front office social media representative for the Los Angeles Rams weighing in on gun control? I mean, uh, what, what what about that? Why why are they seemingly incapable in moments like this, especially in the wake of the Monterey Park shooting, which was a sad travesty, should not happen, uh, and there was you know other elements to that of people and their knee jerk responses from a political standpoint. But um, what are the Rams thinking? Why aren't they just capable of just sticking to to, to football here? Yeah, Rams. I mean, you guys had a horrible season, and as a Rams fan, this is a big turnoff, and you guys keep this kind of crap up, and you're going to lose a a good portion of your fan base because you guys are a football team. You guys have no input or say-so in social uh, things like the Second Amendment. That is a God-given right. That is one of the pinnacles of this United States of America. And uh, you're supporting a group, calling out a group that doesn't support it. They they don't want to actually lessen gun violence. They want to take guns out of out of good citizens' hands. They want to just completely ban them. And they use the slogan, the cheap slogan, like they always do, of "Oh, end gun violence." Because how could you be against this slogan? Of course, no rational person would be against that slogan. But guess what? When you have good law-abiding citizens with guns, they can end a lot of gun violence themselves. And they do that all the time. You just don't see it in the news because it doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit the agenda because the elites, the people in power, how can they maintain their power if people aren't afraid of them? If people are armed themselves, that that's just, you know, it was, I think it was Thomas Jefferson that said that the, the people... Uh, shouldn't be afraid of the government. The government should feel fear the people. And when it's the people that fear the government, you have tyranny. And, you know, it, they, they just want to keep getting closer and closer. We already see what this side stands, stands on as far as 
tyrannical mandates and groupthink. And if you don't think like them, if you don't say the things they want you to say, how you can get canceled, you can get your job taken away. Um, these people are tyrants. And thank God that we have guns in this country because that's probably the last thing that's really standing in the way from them just going all the way because the First Amendment has been trampled all over. We've seen that these last five, six years, and it's it's disgusting. Um, you know, th they always want to play on the emotional uh, uh, events that happen, the tragic events, because you can get people in a vulnerable state because that's what happens when you're emotional. You're not thinking clearly or logically, and they can take advantage of that. So they, they use this this type of propaganda to try and get people on board with just, there's no read for guns, just get rid of them completely. Yeah. And then now what happens now you got the government and the criminals that can just dictate anything and everything. And, uh, it's anyone that studies history at all, you know, you see where this stuff leads. So just to take a tragic event like that and just try to immediately inject your, your political propaganda. It's just disgusting. It's a turn off for a sports organization. It's one thing if it's, you know, a political party coming out and even that is disgusting and heinous. And we see it done routinely and all the talking heads on the media and, you know, stupid talk shows, uh, on TV and online, you know, all over the place. Uh, it's never like, Hey, what exactly happened? How can we possibly prevent this from happening again and take active measures to prevent it. Like at school shootings, like you would think maybe you would have some armed guard guards at schools and, and you could prevent a lot of this stuff, but they, they never do that. All the schools are gun-free zones. This was another shooting in a gun-free zone. There's no one else with guns around to stop people. So they're able to go on rampages. You don't see these rampages in places with people that have guns readily available. So it's it's just a big turnoff. It's it's disgusting, and you hate to see it. But you know we're going to be here to to point this kind of stuff out and uh, try and play whack a mole with all these people. And just as soon as they pop up, try to whack them down. And and uh, it, we're not having it. Yeah, Los Angeles Rams, you guys need to sideline this right now. I know I'm not the only one when I say stick to sports. Why can't you just be a, a source of sports entertainment? Like, why do you have to figure that this is your realm? Um, obviously, stop regurgitating false leftist talking points. I mean, this is coming to a point where, you know, just just do what you do. Just stay in your lane and then let everything else fall into place. Just because it happens in our main, you know, city dynamic doesn't mean that you have to automatically have some kind of uh, uh, something to say or, you know, I, I don't know even what you're trying to push, maybe a donation. I think uh, at this point, um, instead of... Uh, gearing well, up and actually talking about a, the help. Yeah, they couldn't find a way to donate to the like the victims. You know, like instead they they opt for you know a, 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 a gun control. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? A, a group. You know, to your point, Kevin. Like, like they couldn't you know promote like some kind of uh, um, you know uh, effort to to raise money for the, for for the victims themselves. Or even just how about you talk about maybe mental health issues, maybe a mental health crisis? Because, I mean, it's not the trigger that's killing the people. It's the people behind the trigger that are killing the people. And, you know, why aren't they talking about that? Why aren't they talking about that? You know, I think there was a report that, you know, the gentleman was divorced or, or there was something about that kind of dynamic going on. And, and you know, the, the guy was 
kind of going after uh, you know his ex-spouse or whatnot. I, I and why aren't they talking about that? That seems to be a rising crisis, right? But I don't um, want again, the Rams wanna, talking about any of that. Yeah, and you you know you drive by your big beautiful you know million dollar stadiums, and it's just like you guys are living not in reality. You don't really live in this reality, and I don't think you have any power to say anything about the reality that every other people live in, you know, every other one else lives in. And and how are they going to defend their household? How are they going to defend themselves and their family when you guys live behind your little gated fences and your big homes with your security tech and all that? Um, it's easy to say that when you have all that to at your fingertips, but yet you want to clamp down on people's rights, such as the Second Amendment, which people are not backing down. They're not backing down to just give willingly give out, you know, their their freedom. And you know, the Second Amendment is one of that. That's that's our right, and you can't take our right away to even protect ourselves. That's our own power. And and the Rams, you guys just, just stick to football, stick to about winning these games, right? Stick to about you know getting your your team an offensive line, and then be able to. <laughs> to 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 make another Super Bowl push, but this is out of your league. You got to send it like this. Yeah, when uh, government fears the people, there is liberty. When the people fear the government, there is tyranny. That is the uh, Thomas Jefferson right. quote. Yeah, um, like uh, Kevin said, with you got this multi-billion-dollar stadium, and you just travel a couple miles away, and you got Skid Row. You don't see the Rams talking about that. You don't see them talking about the massive crime going on in the in the city, in the inner city, and the the same politicians that would support this uh, have done nothing about that. The homeless people, the drugs, all over the place. You don't see them talking about that. So it's it's just a virtue signal. It's it's disgusting. And you know, it probably was just some some social media uh, intern that just quickly got on the keyboard and and you know had to had to do something because they got to get their virtue signal out there. They're a hero. They're a hero. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the thing. You know, and and as you, like you said, as a slogan or a platitude, but it's a knee jerk response. My big problem with it is that they're promoting a a left wing group whose sole purpose is to get rid of the second amendment you know and in this moment in the in the in the immediate wake of this tragedy that's that's not up to the rams to do that you right. know if they're going to do anything like i don't want them weighing in on mental health i don't want them weighing in on anything like i want them just doing football you know uh but to your point if they were going to try to tackle causes they could tackle real legitimate causes like you said just down the road you have literally uh uh you know thousands and thousands of people homeless you know in skid row and 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 it's it's a it's a scar upon la you know but they like you said they don't they don't talk about any of that and then at the same time you know with the monterey park shooting it's like they hide the hide behind the bodies in essence to promote their left-wing agenda you know what i mean like they will say you know we're, we're, we're tired of seeing people die as a result of gun violence um, but you know, they're silent when you have inner city violence and gang violence and, 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 uh, youth shooting other youth, you know, it's like, it's, it's only when it's, uh, these situations, do you get these kind of responses? And, and to me, it's just not, it doesn't come across as, as genuine. It doesn't come across as, as honest. It comes across like, as it is a, an agenda. Um, and you know, uh, it is definitely a, uh, you know, shut up and dribble kind of situation. I think, you know, I think, uh, they're, they're a little over their skis here in, in thousand Oaks where the head of office is. 
Um, and, uh, you know, there, there's uh, many other things that they could promote, um, especially in the wake of tragedy like this, than to, you know, uh, raise money for a cause that's seeking to um, eradicate guns and gun ownership because that's a divisive uh, topic, you know, and it, like you said, it's a, it's a, it's a right that a fundamental right that we have as Americans. And, you know, I just don't, I don't need an NFL franchise telling me how to live, you know, and weighing in on my freedoms of speech or, you know, uh, right to uh, bear arms or, you know, go down the list, you know, <laughs> I don't need, right. uh, what's the, I don't even know the name of that damn mascot that they have, but I, I don't need that person telling me what to do. Um, so I, I don't know. I thought it was really uh, uh, short-sighted on their part, short-sighted on their communications division. Um, and, uh, hopefully they, uh, about face a little bit from, from that and, um, you know, change, change their tone and, and, and stick to, uh, hyping a, uh, five and 12 team. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, NFL legend, Shannon Sharp. He apologized for his role in a heated argument with Memphis Grizzlies player during the team's game against the Los Angeles, the Lakers, the Los Angeles Lakers. Sharp, a co-host on the Fox Sports show, undisputed, apologized for his behavior. He addressed the incident on the show. Uh, the altercation had happened after the final possession of the first half. T. Mort uh, was walking off the court towards the locker room before he paused and turned towards Sharp. Teammate Steven Adams intervened as the two neared Sharp. A video of the incident appeared to show others quickly got involved, including Morant's father, T. Mort. And a crowd of people formed in the area. Security officers, they separated the group and the players left the locker room before returning for the uh, the uh, third quarter. Sharp and Timor both returned to their seats uh, and uh, were able to uh, sit there and, and, and enjoy the rest of the game. The Grizzlies, they were up at halftime at uh, Crypto.com Arena, uh, 53-49, but uh, ultimately lost to the Lakers, 122-121. Uh, this was uh, quite the display, quite the uh, embarrassing display um, put on by Shannon Sharp. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, he he <laughs> he's so many times on his show, Undisputed, has talked about, you know, especially carrying water for LeBron James when uh, uh, people, you know, would give uh, LeBron James a hard time in the, in the audience, the crowd. You know, he would advocate how you don't do that and you shouldn't do that and, 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 and how terrible that is. Um, but uh, you know, for for this situation, I guess he was he's above the law. <laughs> he's above the uh, Shannon Sharp rules, and uh, was uh, uh, more than happy to throw in. I will say, in Shannon Sharp's defense, he did issue an apology Monday on his show, Undisputed, um, and it was a, a very well uh, said apology for for what it's worth. I, I think it was heartfelt, and I think that um, I, you know what I, I I feel like it's worth playing. Here 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 it is: responsibility and accountability. And I take full responsibility responsibility for what transpired. It does not matter what Dylan Brooks said or how many times he said it. Me being the responsible person, me having the platform that I have and having so many people look up to me, I was wrong. I should have lowered the temperature in the arena. Instead, I turned the temperature up and I let it get out of hand. And I want to apologize to a few people. First of all, I want to apologize to the Lakers organization, Jeannie Buzz, the Buzz family. I apologize for any harm or unwanted attention that I brought to your organization. I want to apologize to the fans that were in attendance and the fans that watched on television because that's not what you paid for and that's not what you tuned in to watch. Shannon Sharp should have been mentioned as, a, as someone that was at the game, not someone that let his emotions run high and get out of hand during the game. 
I want to apologize to the Memphis Grizzlies. Grizzlies uh, organization and fans, I am sorry. More specifically, I want to apologize to Dylan Brooks. He is a fierce competitor, and seeing him up close, I get a sense of why he is what he is and how he's wired the way he's wired. Bruh, I apologize. I wish you the best of luck the rest of the season and continued success. Ja, it was a privilege and an honor to watch you up close and personal. Skip and I talk about you a lot of times, but to see what you do, the way you're able to elevate, lead the floor, contort your body, and finish at the rim is, is, is unbelievable and, and extremely impressive. And I want to apologize to you. I also want to apologize to my stylist, Hollywood. Bro, you had an impeccable record before you took me on as a client. And I want to apologize for my behavior because you were in attendance. And if I caused any smudge on your resume, I'm deeply sorry for that. I also want to apologize to LeBron James because y'all know how I feel about him. And he supported me through thick and thin. And bro, I'm sorry that I put you in this situation, that you had to support me in something like this. So I want to apologize to you. I want to apologize to my family. I want to apologize to my brother, my sister, my mom, my kids, and my grandson. Because one day you're going to be old enough and you're going to see what transpired in that arena. But I also hope you get an opportunity to see this, this apology that I'm giving. Because I was wrong. And I'm never going to be too big to say I'm sorry. I'm never going to be too big to say that I was wrong. And in that situation, I was absolutely wrong. And last but not least, I want to apologize to you, Turbo. You've been great to me. I appreciate everything that you've done over the last eight, nine months. I want to say I'm sorry. Again, to my Fox family, FS1, guys, I'm sorry for any unwanted attention that I brought your way. And I, ha I hate that you have to answer. No one should have to trend because of something that I did. So I want to apologize to anybody at Fox or FS1 that's had to answer questions on my behalf. What happened to Shannon? Why was Shannon doing this? I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm not perfect. I am not. And I'm never going to say that wasn't Shannon Sharp because that was me. That was just me getting out of character. And I'm sorry for all those that saw my action and took offense to my actions. I am sorry. He literally apologized to everybody under the sun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, in all seriousness, even though Shannon Sharpie exercised poor decision making regarding his antics courtside at the Laker game, you know, he kind of leads with integrity here and he apologizes for his actions. I mean, he takes responsibility and, 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 that, and that's what integrity is. You know, it's like holding yourself accountable. Uh, for for what you do and the decisions that you make, and um, I don't know. I thought I thought this was a respectable move on Shannon's part. What was what was your thoughts? Yeah, totally agree. Uh, round of applause for Shannon Sharp here. I'm not much of a fan of his as, as far as a lot of the takes that he he has, especially regarding that man LeBron James and how he he comes to his defense all the time and tries to claim he's the greatest player, which he clearly is not. But uh, wait, wait, time out, time out. He's the time, time out. He is the greatest player, right? Uh, <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna set Shannon off again. Exactly. <laughs> Get ready for the next apology. You don't want this smoke. You don't want this smoke, Chris. <laughs> <don't want> this. <laughs> Calm down, Grandpa. No, when I, Grandpa JJ, come on. I mean, when I when I Eat first saw what, what happened, it was like, oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. Like the man is a grandpa, and he's out there acting like he's still playing in the NFL, just mouthing off, jawing, and just like about to fight these guys, calling them over to fight. Like, what are you doing, man? Uh, but, you know, clearly he was in the wrong and he realized that. And this is a true apology. This is someone that looked back on what they did and was like, man, what the heck did I do? This was stupid. Like, I got to be a bigger man. I, I, this is just, yeah, it's not good. So 
we've been talking about a lot of other apologies that have been going on these last couple couple months with a lot of other talking heads or athletes or or whatnot. All of their apologies, we don't have any respect for because they were just bowing to the mob. They're bowing to the PC police, the the woke police. Uh, they were all just, uh, oh, I said something that might have offended somebody. Oh, no, I, I need to apologize for that. This was an actual man saying, hey, I was wrong for what I did. I take accountability for it. You guys shouldn't have to, you know, answer for me. And uh, I, I'm, I'm not going to do it again. And he did the right thing. So... You know, I, I got, I gained a, a good amount of respect for him for what he did. Uh, with that being said, with all the other types of apologies, we're saying that those type of apologies make you lose respect for those type of people. So good job, Shannon. Um, just, uh, I can't believe they let him back in the game to watch the rest of the game. I know. I right? mean, he, he definitely got some, some good privilege there to even be allowed back in. Cause you know, damn well, if it was me or you or, or pretty Banned. much anyone else, you were never accepting foot on a court again. For and, life. and you also know damn well that if you were anyone else, LeBron would have had you kicked out personally. And we've seen Shannon Sharp come to LeBron's defense because people are like, hold on, why is this guy coming over and getting people kicked out for just little things they say here and there? And Shannon, you know, goes to his defense saying, yeah, it doesn't matter if you're courtside or how much money you spent. You got no right to be out there saying anything, blah, blah, blah. And here he goes doing the exact same thing and stepping it up. Uh, huge notch trying to fight people <laughs> like this is almost another malice in the palace could you imagine if they if they got to him and they started throwing blows with shannon sharp i mean they would have been oh man comedy to the max you don't have but... to respect me but i'm not gonna <laughs> let you disrespect me <laughs> and yeah steven adams he was just tossing people out of his way to, to get to him that that would have been uh that would have been ugly um but yeah i'm again uh Good job, Shannon. You know, gain my respect there for that. And a lot of other people need to take note. Uh, this is somewhat of a side issue, but I don't know if you guys saw any of this little video of these little uh, these little kids playing basketball. And uh, they score and they're oh, like yeah. celebrating just like these guys do in the pros. And uh, it's just, it's disgusting. It's awful. And you see someone like Kevin Durant not say like, hey, young guys, like you actually shouldn't behave this way. You should have better, you know, sportsmanship. He's like, good shit, little homies. Like you got someone like that. It's not, you're not a role model. You're, you're not someone that young men should try to, to be like. Uh, no accountability whatsoever, no respect, no integrity, no dignity. So Shannon Sharp, that's, you know, even though I don't agree with a lot of the things that he stands for, at least he can take accountability and, and be a man when he needs to. Uh, so so good to him. That That's something that you should strive more to be like. Uh, not like all these other people like, oh, he's got nothing to apologize for because, you know, there's a lot of people that were like that. Yeah, the NBA lost that a long time ago. Let's be honest. Kobe Bryant might have been the last person to stand up ish and very competitive and kind of, you know, had uh, good court morals and etiquette out there, you know. But I mean, all, all it is now is just one big, you know, showboat, basically. But uh, Shannon Sharp, you know, you're 54 years old, dude, trying to, you know, throw blows with people's dads and, and players <laughs> on a court. And it's like, dude, what are you doing there anyway? You know, I, I, I get it. But, you I mean, you're out there, you know, talking crap and you're out there, you're pretty much saying Dylan Brooks can't guard LeBron. Oh, Yo, you can't guard LeBron. You can't. I, just, I can just hear him, guys. I can just hear him. And then, you know, the F words come out. And then all of a sudden you want to start throwing some blows, which I would, I, I mean, it would have been. 
It would have been awesome to see. At least, you know, maybe Shannon would have got slept. I don't know. Maybe he would have done some sleeping. I don't I don't know. It would have been awesome to see at least. But, I mean, to lead him back into the game, it's kind of like a spoiled kid. This guy's 54 years old, and I get it, but you should have probably just left the game, even yeah. though the Lakers did actually come back and win that game for Shannon, apparently, um, since Shannon had, you know, LeBron's back, and LeBron had a great game that game as, as well. But uh, I thought the apology was a little over the top. You know, I thought him apologizing to everybody was kind of a little corny, but... But I think it was, I think it was a good apology. I think it was well said apology, and I don't know why he's apologizing to Braun other than just you know more time for him to kiss some ass. Uh, you know, at least in my opinion, <laughs> that's what it seems like. Um, and and so I, I I mean I'm happy he did it because I think it was it's what's called for. You should do that. That's what you should do, and especially you know someone who who's on TV and on a reoccurring basis, and you're calling out people's integrity all the time. And I think you're if you're gonna practice what you preach, you're gonna have to do something like that. And, and he did. Um, and and I think it was a good apology. I think like I said, I think it was well said. But um, at the end of the day, should never happen, right, Shannon? Right, you know, should never ever happen, and even let your emotions dictate and really even get into. And honestly, what were you guys fighting over? Because he couldn't guard LeBron. Dumb. That's a dumb reason, dude. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, I, I, just because you apologize, sometimes it doesn't give you a bypass for you say, oh, okay, well, I can act a fool, and then, but, but, uh, I think this was just me trying to, yeah, you know, or him trying to save face and save his job. Because in my opinion, when it first happened, I was like, oh. He's done. He's fired because they should. I mean, in my opinion, they should have fired him. But um, you know, this was a well-spoken, you know, said uh, apology, and I think this will actually save his job. So, yeah, I don't think he should lose his job for this. I mean, I'm not, you know, I hate the cancel culture when it comes to things like this. I just think that he acted like an ass, and and really, the big deal should be him not returning to the game. Uh, and also it being in question of whether or not he has, uh, uh, you know, floor seats anymore because, uh, you know, he's doing the, the, the exact same thing that he would stand up for LeBron where he's he's antagonizing the players, you know. And the other thing, too, is he's he's a former player himself. So he's dealt with this stuff in the past, you know. Oh, yeah. and, and so if it's annoyed him if ever, then why is he doing it, you know, and why is he trying to mix it up and, and all of that? And and you know what? He, he did owe. LeBron on an apology in the sense that, you know, he put people in a position to have to defend him and his stupid actions. What the big issue is, is why was different? Was LeBron even defending him? You know, or he, he didn't. I don't know that right. he technically defended him, he, but he, he did. He, he sent out. Yeah, he put up a, a, a tweet where it was like, oh, yeah, I wish a MF would, you know, and, and, and all that kind of like unk vibes and all that kind of like, you know, supporting him and, and, yeah, and just because being he's an saying ass. He can't go bar LeBron. He's over here chalking crap because, you know, no, he, no no one can guard LeBron, and LeBron's going to eat that a lot. He's going to oh, eat that Oh, I know. The guy's, the guy's king narcissist, of course. And then he if wants he threw blows, I mean, he's literally two security guards away from pro potentially throwing hands. Like, I don't know, man. That's... Oh That's no! I crazy. mean, if he threw blows, then he was he should yeah, like lose his job fired. and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, but it didn't even it didn't come to that. But um, you know, nonetheless, it's just uh, 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 what 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 I don't like is it's it's like two things are happening here. One thing is that I applaud a Shannon Sharp. I you know for 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 having. Um, the, the the sense to, uh, you know, lead with integrity here and, and make the apology that he did because he was holding himself accountable, even though society wasn't. 
That's the thing. You know, like he was the one saying I did wrong. I had he couldn't he he could have not said anything here. Now, whether he was pressured by his place of work, I have no idea. I don't think any of us will ever really know if top brass said you need to get on the air and apologize. I'm sure he got some pressure to do that. But I also feel like this felt fairly genuine to me and that he wanted to apologize because if he didn't, he wouldn't have done it to the extent that he did, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and and. So I think that that's a respectable thing. And I think it was actually a teachable moment for all those involved, hopefully, Um, because, you know, it's like all of those that were celebrating him in this moment of buffoonery, you know, are part of the problem and they're part of the, you know, the societal issue. And and uh, like I said, he he could have just let this thing slide and, um, you know, gone about his life. But he he chose not to, and 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 for that I applaud him because society was more than happy to give him a pass. The Lakers were more than happy to give him a pass, and you know let him return. Um, you know, and and that's that's a problem. That's problematic, and and that's um that's just a, a continual, you know, uh, demise of our society because this stuff is going to become more common. It's not just going to be, Oh, unk Shay Shay coming around starting ish on court side. It's going to be other people too. And then, you know, something real actually is going to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I, it, it's, it's just a sad moment for sports in general, especially again, when it's just, I mean, he's not just a broadcaster, he's a former player, you know? And, and, uh, so it ultimately in theory, he should know better, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I kind of don't really hold so much water with the apology. He's just doing what he should do because he stepped out of line. That's what grown men do when they step out of line. They apologize. and But he should never stepped out of line. <laughs> I'll tell you what was really out of line is that he actually paid someone to to dress him in that, that Nana blanket. That sweater, <laughs> the Nana blanket. <laughs> uh, well, I hope it was a heartfelt apology because then like, then we truly are lost. You know, if people are just going up and just regurgitating stuff like a, like a puppet, you know, uh, just to get the money, then, you know, it, it really is the fall of, uh, of Rome and, uh, yeah. there's, there's no hope for nothing then, you know, I, I, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose not to believe that because I, I don't think that's wholeheartedly the case, you know, because again, on, on the other side of the aisle, his, uh, old Skip Bayless guy, you know, he didn't, uh, necessarily apologize. He didn't apologize for his tw- tweets that he sent out in the wake of DeMar Hamlin uh, hitting the dirt. Uh, nor should he have, I thought, uh, because his his tweets were completely taken out of context. So, um, you know, it's it, it seems like they're they're able to have some form of uh, you know uh, control of their their narrative and their their uh, uh, communications there at uh, Undisputed. But who knows how long that'll last? Who knows how long that show will last? Um, you know, because it does definitely seems like it's in its. Uh, it's it's dying age. Um, let's move on to uh, the NFL division playoff weekend. But before we would do that, we would like to invite you to join our agenda, the sideline, the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube. Follow us on YouTube, or, uh, Twitter. That's what you do. I think we're we're not on YouTube yet, but we will be soon, folks. We're, we're working on that, so uh, you know, just just back off, would you? <laughs> 
<laughs> we're we're going to get that going. Uh, yeah, but uh, on Twitter at Sideline Agenda, we're there as well, of course. Uh, tell your friends about the show. Continue to tell everybody you know about the show. Um, yes, uh, the divisional round of NFL Wild Card Weekend kicked off with a bang. Um, we had what the Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars in Kansas City. Uh, that one went, um, you know, pretty much as predicted. Uh, it was a uh, it, it, it was a close game. It, it, it looked it seemed closer from a score. Uh, of, of 27 to 20 chiefs, of course, winning that game. It seems closer than it actually was, but of course, uh, you know, there's multiple takeaways from this game, but, uh, one of the big questions is whirling around the status and health of Patrick Mahomes. Um, I, I, he, he, uh, he, he took alignment to the knee or to the, to the lower end of the leg. And I guess he's, uh, wound up with a, uh, high ankle sprain. Um, so of course the concern is, is will he be, uh, 100% um, uh, next week. Of course, Chiefs winning this game. Uh, they will move on to uh, this, uh, take on the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll get to that game later. But uh, uh, what were your guys' thoughts about uh, Kansas City versus the Jags? And, of course, what are you thinking in regards to Patrick Mahomes um, and his health moving forward? And and what are their chances? Uh, we'll get to the chances later. But uh, what what were your thoughts and reactions to this game? Well, I thought the Chiefs basically did what they were supposed to do. I mean, we thought the Jags would would have a good showing, um, even in the hostile environment at Arrowhead, because they they look like they've really grown a lot this season. And uh, yeah, they were able to make a real good game of it. I mean, who knows how close it would have been if you know Mahomes never got hurt. But at the same time, when he went out, the backup quarterback did go down and get a touchdown. So. Uh, the Chiefs were, were ready to play, or best definitely the better team. But yeah, all the uh, the focus of the world in, in Chiefs Nation is on that ankle of Mahomes because he's going to need that uh, his his patented his Patrick's patented uh, <laughs> keeping plays uh, keeping plays alive, alive and his scramble and all those those plays that he pulls out of his rear that no other <laughs> player does in the in, in the league. Um, yeah, so it's good game, hard fought, but uh, Chiefs definitely did what they're supposed to do, and uh, looking to advance and face their nemesis, the the big bad Bengals. Yeah, with Mahomes going out there, it was definitely a a, a universal moment of uh oh, holy crap! You know, because the Chiefs, you know, I mean, without Mahomes, you know, who knows? But Chad Handy came down there, guys, and he he you know broke the record for the franchise. I mean, the longest drive in playoff history, and Chad Handy did it, and it was. Pretty impressive. Uh, he was going first downs at first downs, you know, throwing the little outs and throwing the ins and stuff. And I thought he looked pretty dang good. And I think I would have probably kept him in the game. Um, and yeah. I don't, I mean, I would have probably, uh, if, if the game got close and tight enough, maybe, you know, Mahomes, uh, he was eager just, you know, getting ready back in the game, just standing right behind Coach Reed, probably getting annoying. And, uh, and so they felt like they had to put him back in because he wanted to be in the game so bad. But with Chad Henney and, I mean, going in the half, when you're up, you know, 17 to 10, I don't know. I think I might just kind of continue to ride with Chad Henney through the third quarter. He's no slouch. You know, he's been in the league for a long time, and uh, he's definitely a winner, and he's been in this offense for a very long time. So he knows all the ins and outs. And, guys, every single game, this guy's wearing an earpiece, and he's doing the hand signals and stuff. He's not like he's not involved in the offense. He totally is. So he knows 
he knows what to look for. And so he actually had a very impressive drive down there. And then obviously, you know, Travis Kelsey having a big game, 14 receptions, obviously another another record for uh, a non-running back um, tight end with that many receptions in playoff, in playoff history. So a uh, good game and uh, it's to be expected. And, you know, we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, I was, I was kind of curious about that decision other than, you know, Mahomes uh – you know, just nagging Reed. Like, I, I, I agree with you, Kevin. I, I probably would have uh, elected to uh, um, uh, sit Mahomes for as long as I ha- could, you know, until I absolutely needed to to bring him back. But um, hopefully, he'll uh, all all is well. He'll he'll be hopefully near a hundred percent. Uh, especially when uh, they do look to take on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Um, You know, maybe we'll get to that matchup just briefly uh, shortly here, but uh, let's just move on real quick. The Philadelphia Eagles, of course, took on the uh, New York Giants and uh, handled them handsomely. 38-7, Philadelphia just kind of saying, hey, we're here. Don't forget about us. We're we're definitely the, uh, the favorite here and the main threat. Um, I mean, do you agree with that uh, against the Giants? Um, what, what, what were your thoughts uh, about the, the that display Saturday night? Yeah, if you, if you can't stop the run, you're not going to be able to stop the Eagles. I mean, they just come at you from the edge, from the interior with, you know, the Hurts keeping it. Uh, then you got those two great playmakers, uh, A.J. Brown and and uh, the Heisman Trophy winner from a few years ago. I'm blanking on his name right Devontae now. Devontae Smith. Smith, yes. Uh, they're, they're just a well-rounded team. No matter what you do, they're going to come with something else. And the Giants couldn't stop the run, so they just kept running it and just ran them out of town. Uh, so they looked very impressive, easily the most impressive win that we saw this weekend against a solid Giants team, though, you know, that went in and, and handled a, a Vikings team that had a great season wins-wise. So very impressive from the Eagles. Yeah, and with the Giants, you know, I think they did the opposite of what they found success with the in the previous week. And, you know, with the running game being just pretty much just stuffed, uh, Saquon had that 39-yard long. But other than that, I mean, you're looking at a total of 61 yards, guys. And so without that long 39-yard, I mean, that's, that's pretty much down to, you know, getting stuffed, you know, 25, 30 yards. Um, in the game, and so, and then Daniel Jones, he he was super agile in the in the previous game, um, and then came out here, and you know, against the Vikings, and came out here, and he it's like he was he wasn't doing anything on the on his legs. So, the Giants didn't have a good game, and you know, maybe it's you can maybe chalk it up to the Eagles' defense, but I think the Giants went away with the offensive scheme, and it it really did come to to bite him in the end. Moving on to Sunday morning's uh, game against the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, who headed to Buffalo to take on the Bills. The Bengals walked away with the win on that one, 27-10. So much to talk about during this game. This game, of course, had that uh, return of uh, DeMar Hamlin, or was it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Twitter and social media is a buzz because uh, DeMar Hamlin supposedly attended the game in Buffalo, but maybe many people have wondered if it was really him. I mean, security 
restricted anyone from getting close to Demar uh, when he went up the old elevator. Like it was just like a long shot. He had his 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 face was completely covered. You know, he had a hood over. He was wearing sunglasses. You know, a mask. You know, all of that. Um, and it, it led people to believe that or you know, wonder if it was really him. Uh, I mean, what do you make of this bizarre display of 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 Demar Hamlin um, in in and uh, people keeping a, uh, keep it keep, it's not even like you think that he would like make at least in a video announcement or something you know uh, but nothing I mean I heard reports too that he was on oxygen so maybe that was maybe he's got like a little oxygen tube in his nose and a tank on his back or something and and so they didn't want that as a, the visual uh, but, uh, you know, then of course all other people were commenting when he was up in the booth doing the, you know, the heart, you know, uh, uh, hand signed, you know, that kind of turned into like the pyramid of <laughs> the all seeing eye and the, you know, the, 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 the threes up in the air being the triple six or something. I don't know. What did, did you, you have any thoughts regarding that? <laughs> it was pretty bizarre. Like you would think that like you, I mean, you think like. They would, like you said, put a camera in his face and put him up on the Jumbotron or something. But right. someone that's deprived of oxygen, like you got a mask on, uh, pretty bizarre. And when we saw it live, when he did the, you know, the symbols were like, jokingly, we're like, oh, he threw up the Illuminati pyramid and the triple sixes. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't even realize that this was a big controversy until you know, Twitter <laughs> earlier today. I was I like, know, wow, people are running with it. Like, oh my gosh, yeah, he wasn't totally there. He was it. an actor. <laughs> That, that's it wasn't him. <laughs> I even heard or saw that they were saying that uh, Demar died on the field. <laughs> and oh, this yeah. is a body double. So it's it a clone. Pretty deep, pretty deep. Anyway, that's enough of that. We could get into the game here. Sorry about that. I just thought it was a, <laughs> a funny aside there. Um, you know, uh, what stuck out to me was Stefan Diggs and his antics, right? Like he was complaining. He's, he was complaining actually early. Like I remember him yelling at Josh Allen, like, get the pass up, get the pass up, you know? And, and he was just childish and immature on the sideline and constantly complaining to the officials apparently he tried to leave the locker room early uh after uh after the loss uh you know bill's head coach uh, sean mcdermott said uh, he's a competitive guy and that's what makes him good it, um and uh he's he's very competitive like we all are we work extremely hard at these jobs to be the best we can possibly be and it hurts well you know yeah but like you said you know we we, we all work hard and i didn't see anybody else on the sideline you know uh uh giving josh allen an earful or you know uh throwing uh tantrums you know and fits on the field so uh you know i just don't understand why do these coaches you know continue to coddle you know such childish behavior um uh, so what were your takes on the game? What, you know, uh, what were your takes on Stefan Diggs? You know, are the bills going to move on from Stefan? Has he become toxic? I don't know. Uh, what, what were your thoughts uh, uh, about this? Uh, yeah, matchup? I mean, I'd be shocked if they moved on from him. I mean, he's a heck of a talent, but for all you kids out there, be like Cooper cup. Don't be like Stefan Diggs. Cooper cup had a very tough year. He's extremely competitive. And do you ever see him over on the sideline acting like this? No, not right. at all. But we've seen this one too many times. It's seems like all these diva receivers think that, you know, they're bigger than the team and it's all about them. And uh, when the ball doesn't go their way, literally, you know, they're going to whine and bitch and complain about it and throw tantrums. And <laughs> Josh Allen's been a hell of a quarterback and he's gotten you awfully far. And then you're going to turn on him that quickly like that. It's uh, just no class, no class whatsoever. You guys just got 
outplayed. You got beat. You got handled by a very good Bengals team. And, you know, take your loss like a man. You know, I'm sure there's things you could have done better. But uh, you're going to have to work on that in the offseason and make sure you don't do it again next season. And, uh, you know, you got to learn from your 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 losing mistakes. And uh, that's what winners do. But when you, you go like this, then you can create all kinds of uh, – turmoil inside and then yeah like you said scott maybe they would have to think about moving them and then you move in a great player and now your team isn't as good so it's, it's just it's not good all the way around but um very good showing by the Bengals on the road they came out looked like they had a chip on their shoulder looked like the bills just kind of thought like they were entitled to this win and uh they weren't and the Bengals really took it to them and really handled this game, shut them down, shut down Allen. They couldn't really do much of what they normally do. So very impressive win by the Bengals. Uh, it's going to be a hell of a matchup next week, and uh, I'm hoping Mahomes' ankle is good to go. And uh, to your point earlier with, with Mahomes, real quick, uh, question why he got back in the game. I'm sure if he said, hey, put me in, they're going to put him in. But as someone that's had many ankle injuries – the last thing you want to do is be yeah. sitting around. You want to get in there and get active so you can keep it loose because yeah. that really does hasten the recovery process. Because if you just sit there and it's idle and it stiffens yeah, it up, man, it up, takes yeah. so much longer to for that swelling to go back down and you to get mobility in there. So I think it's good they got them back in there. But, yeah, I mean, great game for the Bengals. Uh, Bills, I mean, you you thought you won the Super Bowl in the in the game one of this year when you beat the Rams. Uh, maybe you shouldn't celebrate that much. It's a long season, and, and you guys got to do it in the playoffs. Yeah, this is a huge win for the Bengals, and this was not to be expected. Uh, those Bengal white uniforms looked like they were camouflaged with the rest of the snow because the Bills just could, didn't know where they were. And honestly, Josh Allen was getting picked apart, and he was getting hit very almost every play and uh, he had just so much on his shoulders and to see Stefan Diggs act the way he is Stefan you you honestly you, you stuffed your at, your head up your ass so far you need to dig it out and honestly you should probably <laughs> apologize to the rest of the team for acting like a jackass and who points fingers in a playoff game like literally you've had your opportunities go back and watch a tape you'll see all the drop balls that you had you had opportunities to make plays but you, but you didn't as well so you know s- someone needs if anything, I was surprised Josh Allen wasn't, you know, mouthing back off to him because uh, other than, you know, because he, he had his opportunities. He had wide open rec- uh, uh, drop passes or, or the long balls where she was dropping. And so um, it's just very, very low class. And, and honestly, it was just not what we expected. We didn't expect the Bills to get ran over like that on both yeah. sides of the ball. And it was a hell of a performance by the Bengals. And, um, and it, I will say... It was a cool kind of sight to see, huh? The Bills, the Buffalo Bills on the cold and the snow. And it's yeah. such a good playoff atmosphere. It was, it was definitely fun to watch. No, that, that it definitely was. Um, yeah, it's funny to me. I mean, just thinking about, uh, you know, Josh Allen, he, he, he the, the problem is he just didn't throw it to Stefan Diggs enough. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if he'd only thrown it to Diggs, I mean, then, then, then they would have won. I mean, and then and, and they continue not to, to, not to dig on Diggs, but, uh, you know, just his, his tweets that, you know, followed the, the, the game where it's like, you know, want me to be okay with losing? Nah, want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard? Nah, it's easy to criticize my reactions more than the results. And I think that it's just a guy who, you know, um, it's, it's no surprise, you know, somebody who, 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 you know, deals in, in childish antics, such as a uh, Stefan Diggs, who, who's probably a little, you know, on the immature side of things, you know, he, he bought the, 
the media narrative that they were like the predestined uh, Super Bowl yep. champs. I mean, the, they, the, the Buffalo Bills were totally the media favorite from the beginning of the season. Yep. Uh, everybody had them locked to go to the Super Bowl. And, you know, what was I saying earlier? You know, I was just saying like, hey, media's they are the media favorites. They're not going to go to the Super Bowl. It's just like that's how it is. You know, like whoever they pick uh, is, is not the one, uh, in my opinion. Um, so with, with that gets me nervous about the following, uh, uh, team, uh, San Francisco 49ers, of course, handled business hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they, uh, uh it was not the, uh, high offense, uh, scoring game that I think people thought it would be. Kevin, you completely called this low scoring game. Uh, 1912, the 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys, uh, old, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, beat Mr. Inconsistent, uh, Dak Prescott. Um, you know, Dak did Dak. He, he threw two picks. I mean, he's always good for two. That's what we say. I mean, that's not always necessarily the, 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 the sitch, I believe. He's always at least good for one. We know this, but I think he's like had six games this season where he's thrown uh, two or more uh, interceptions. So that's that's not good. Um, you know, why do we continue or why do they continue to try and sell Dak as something that he's not as like this big elite, you know, uh, quarterback? I mean, we've we've done the list of, you know, top 10 quarterbacks many times on the show. He's never, ever you know, uh, a scratched, you know, the, the 10 and above right. slot, you know, like he's nowhere close in any of our minds. Um, and, and yet they, they, they try to celebrate him as if he was elite, you know, and then, you know, they, they completely dumped on the kicker. He, they set him up to be the scapegoat, didn't they? That was the narrative, yeah. the agenda that they were really pushing because he, he missed four, you know, uh, um, uh, extra point, uh, kicks in the previous game like they were they they were setting him up to be the scapegoat uh, but um, you know it really was Mr. Inconsistent Dak Prescott and Jerry Jones uh, apparently he's uh, sticking with Mike McCarthy uh, so who knows if that's the right decision I mean that w- what happened with that last play too where they had Mike McCarthy <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Ezekiel Elliott at center totally ran over they're throwing it off to a rookie who just gets clobbered to like what was i don't i i, I, I look at that i, I watch that highlight over and over again i still don't i still can't figure out what they were trying to accomplish with that um anyway 49ers moving forward uh i was surprised by the low scoring game i during this game we were watching it together you know i looked up the 49ers schedule and i was kind of stunned because it's like dude they really haven't played anybody you know, they've got the best defense in the league, you know, yada, yada, yada. But they really haven't played. I mean, can you, I can't even remember who we, we saw that they that they played that was worth a damn. It was uh, the Chiefs. That was the, the only Chiefs, one. Yeah, and they lost. They lost yeah, by like 20 got, points. Yeah. Um, and so uh, now cutting to the Philadelphia Eagles, who they're going to see in in the uh, NFC championship game, they they had like the second easiest season of the year, the, the, the Eagles. And so... I don't know. The NFC is actually kind of, I think, maybe a little bit of smoke and mirrors here. Um, but uh, we can stick with the 49ers and the Cowboys for now. Um, what were your thoughts about this? I mean, Brock Purdy looked like Brock Purdy does, just excellent poise in the pocket. Uh, he, he's he's definitely, in my opinion, the quarterback moving forward for the 49ers. And and they do look good to potentially get to that Super Bowl slot. But I my, my, my confidence has been rocked in, in, in both of those teams. Yeah, I mean, we. Th- I thought it was going to be a defensive slugfest, and and it, it pretty much was. And uh, like you said, the Dak's good for two, 
And that's going to get you beat in the playoffs uh, once you play these really good teams. And Purdy, you know, didn't make those mistakes. Dak did. That was the difference because both defenses weren't going to allow very much. And, uh, you know, Cowboys, maybe you want to think about old man Brady and bring him in get rid of Dak. I don't know what they can do contractually with that. But, uh, yeah, the 49ers, um, you know, they got weapons all around. So I thought they were going to get a little bit more going than what they did. Uh, but credit to Dallas's defense to really, you know, keeping in that game. And 1912, uh, you know, that's just a one touchdown game, even though it seemed like, it was more than that. But, you know, when you're in a defensive battle, seven points seems like a lot because that's like over two possessions when all you can do is get field goals. Um, but, yeah, it, it kind of was the, the Dax offense or the Cowboys offense did what they we kind of expected them to do. And the 49ers, you know, they didn't turn it over. And uh, that, that's that's what it took. It's so funny because, we, I mean, it, we predicted Dak's going to throw at least two interceptions. And he did. He threw two, and we're lucky that he didn't throw four because there That's was three true. or four times yeah. on the there were hit guys in right in the you know in the hands oh, yeah, and Greenlaw and, dropped one. Dude, yeah. they're not even yeah they're defenders, but I mean come on, you, this yeah. is still football. Yeah. And so you know if I was the Cowboys, I I'm, I gotta I gotta do it. You're not gonna you're never gonna win a Super Bowl with Dice Price. You're you're never gonna do it. It's never gonna happen. Get away from the guy, honestly. And then and Ezekiel Elliott, I mean. Get away from this guy. This this guy's just trash. I think he had one good gear, maybe two, but you know, twenty six yards, ten carries. Once Tony Pollard, uh, Tony Pollard got out of the game, it, 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 Zeke wasn't going to do anything. And he, how many third and shorts was he was he stuffed? You know, and just yeah. to see him obviously ran over on the last play, it was just comedy because that guy's trash. I mean, that's uh, on a one on one basis, he's going to get trucked every single time. And so, if I was the Cowboys, I'm looking for a running back. I'm looking for a quarterback. I'm looking for a couple more receivers because my defense is pretty solid. Like they stopped Brandon Ayuk, they stopped Christian McCaffrey, they stopped Debo. They they did a phenomenal job to win a playoff game, but the offense just dropped the ball. The Dallas Cowboys, you guys got to wake up. I don't know what the loyalty is there, but honestly, honestly, you're not going to get anything from this offense. At least these two superstars that you think you have. I mean, honestly, looking at the roster, the best player you have is Ceedee Lamb. He's the only one, and clutch moments is actually provide for the team. These other guys, they're get rid of them. You'd be better off with a you know first first round pick. You got Schultz too, who's like a Dak security blanket. But I agree with you. You got to move on. You got to pull the cord, man. You know, because because the fact of the matter is, Dak is ass. You know, Dak <laughs> is ass. I mean, we know this, and why they can't just it's it's like you know maybe it's the seven stages of grief or whatever. Like they they have to. It's the road to acceptance with them. They need to they need to uh, toil with all the emotions until they can finally realize Dak is ass. Right? Can I say on TV? Because he is. <laughs> so uh, maybe they'll do that. All right. Well, real quick before we go, let's, uh, you know, San Francisco 49ers NFC championship game. They're going to uh, take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, who, who do you have in this matchup? Uh, man, this is a, this is a tough one. I did pick the 49ers at the beginning of the playoffs to go. So I'm going to stick with my pick here, but Eagles looked awfully tough to beat. Yeah, they did. Um, but, you know, 49ers defense, I think they might be up to the task. So on the road, they, I, I think the 49ers are going to pull out of a very good good game. God, I hate doing this, especially when it comes down to these games. I don't want to predict because I feel like the NFL gods will hear me and then be like, nope, sorry, we're going to go the opposite way. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to get just – I'm going to – 
I'm going to keep it very simple. I'm going one seeds. I'm going with the Eagles. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear that. I mean, especially at home. Again, I'm really questioning both of these teams' uh, season. Uh, it's pretty light. Uh, they, they got great defenses. They got great, great offenses. And so I kind of want to lean that home wins out. And I, I agree with you. Philadelphia is is uh, my pick to take it as well. Uh, then moving to the AFC Championship game, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to host the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. This is that uh, the rematch. Do, do, do the Chiefs get payback uh, from last year? Do, do they uh, uh, best the Cincinnati Bengals this time and make their way to the Super Bowl again? Oh, man, this one's tough. I, I, all of the, uh, you know, my brain telling me with every, all the history that's, that's come leading into this one that the Bengals are going to win and that they're probably going to win convincingly. And uh, they've you know beat them three times in a row, and they're going to get back to the Super Bowl. But at the same time, now I'm like, I don't know. It seems like the the stack is decked against you know the, the Chiefs because Mahomes is hurt. You know they've lost to this team so many times, but they're at home. I think they're going to want to get this revenge. Mahomes, even though he's hurt, I think he's going to play a great game. I think the Chiefs are actually going to finally end the uh, the Bengals run here and get back to the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are going to do it. I hope so. Spagnolia, you got to draw something up, you know, <laughs> amazingly because the defense against the Jags, they look soft, guys. Uh, I, I'm a little worried for the uh, for the Chiefs, but uh, I'm going one seed, so hopefully they stick it out, and it, it will be one of those games. It will be one of those games where it come down the wire, and it'll be one of those things like we witnessed last year with the Bills and the and the Chiefs. That was an amazing game, last 13 seconds with Tyreek Hill. Um, and then, yeah, so we're all in for a good one for sure on this one. Absolutely. I mean, I, I agree. I think that the, with the Chiefs, we know that they don't have the greatest defense, uh, but we know that their offense can uh, compensate uh, for for that, uh, you know, lack of uh, defensive power. To me, the wild card will be for the Chiefs at home is their special teams. Their special teams kind of like shat the bed, even against the, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They still ended up winning that game, but it left a lot of questions uh, to be had. But yes, I am with you guys. I I am going forward with the Chiefs as well. Uh, but nonetheless, it should be a wonderful uh, playoff finale to see who ends up going to the Super Bowl this Sunday. Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Cincinnati Bengals and, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. It should be good football for sure. Well, that's going to do it for us here at Sideline the Agenda. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment and tell your friends about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. My name is Scott. That's Kevin. That's Chris. And this has been Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. We'll see you guys next time. 